You're listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Another new episode mm-hmm. of 30 Minute Expert. Woo. You know you love it. Hopefully you do. It's your fault for downloading it, so... I've got a topic for you today. Now, I'm a bit worried because I I know for sure you're going to find this topic disgusting <sighs> and uh, and probably not enjoy researching it at all. What? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but... But I, I mean, when I think of it, when I try to think of topics here, and you know, we talked about this when we first conceived of the podcast. Mm-hmm. There are a few different, a few different ways we like to look at topics. One is either um, those things that everybody knows about and interacts with, but doesn't really know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done a handful of those. Uh, the other is like stories that you just have never heard before. The what comes to mind is like the Dutch tulip trade mm-hmm. or whatever it was. It's like that was just a really cool, like interesting story that I, I had never heard about. I feel like most people hadn't heard about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this one falls under the first category, which is something that everybody's familiar with. Everyone knows what this word is, what it is. Like everyone's familiar with it, but like I have no idea how it actually works. Is this like a bodily function? Sort of. Oh, no. It does deal with a body. A body? Of an animal. An animal? So the thing that I am thinking of is taxidermy. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like diarrhea, and I was like, I'm not doing this. Okay, taxidermy, I can be on board. disgusting. Yes. Okay. A little gross. I'm sure it will be a little nasty, Probably but also interesting. Some pretty disgusting pictures along the way, but oh, I'm not looking at those pictures. Okay, well, our real journalist <laughs> would. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm glad you're not too freaked out yeah. by it. I think it, it's not going to be too bad. It's definitely not going to be like extremely pleasant. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I wonder, like, why people even started doing that. It's That's such what I'm a saying. Bizarre idea. Also, how they do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, tell us what the process is, where it started, like, Ugh. yeah, I don't know, how Have much does it cost to taxidermy get... Have you ever seen Oh my stuff? god, yeah. It's so weird, right? Yeah. Oh, I've only seen it a few times in, like, stores and things, and I'm like, why is this happening? This bobcat only looks alive. Only in stores? You yeah. never saw it in person? I saw like it in, in person house? in the store. But I mean, I mean, oh. like, <laughs> um, wait, in a store? They don't even sell it in stores. Where do you see it in I don't stores? know, maybe like an antique store or something. Oh, I feel okay. like you walk around and you're like, ah, there's a moose or something. Not a full-bodied yeah. moose, but like a head of a moose or something. Um, One time, so I guess this falls under taxidermy. Mm-hmm. You know how people get fish mounted? Like yeah. when you catch a fish, you get it mounted. I'm sure that's taxidermy. I'm sure it's the same process because you're really? taking a live organism and making it you know, I would think forever. that's just like a fake fish. How could you taxidermy a fish? I don't know. I'll find out. Find out. Um, but anyway, uh, my friend Tyler, uh-huh. you know, he went fishing. This is when we were like 12. He, They went on vacation in the Caribbean or, I don't know, Florida or somewhere, and they went deep sea fishing, and he caught like a, maybe a marlin or, I don't know, some big fish, and he got it mounted and when they, it takes like seven weeks, you know, it's a really oh, long yeah. process. You mm-hmm. leave it there, you put this huge deposit down or pay for the whole thing. And it's like, they'll ship it to you in two months. Uh, so when they shipped it to them, the package was gigantic <laughs> and they are like, I mean, it's a big fish, so it was yeah. going to be a large package, yeah. but the package was really big. And they're like, what the heck is this? And there was another box taped to their box with this fish inside mm-hmm. and this mystery box contained a ping pong table like uh like what? the most professional like expensive ping pong table you could imagine like it looks like what they would use at the olympics and uh it just like somehow by mistake got packaged with his fish that's a ridiculous so they just got thing this to free, get packaged crazy with fish. ping pong table wow. and it was so fun we what played on it all the story. time story yeah oh i like that ending so taxidermy, you ready? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm excited for this. I, I it's going to be a little gross and a little. I don't know. I'm going to have some thoughts on it because 
I don't know how I feel that much about like the the part that that connects to like hunting and showing off the animals that you've hunted and things. Um, you know, that's not something I love. But we that's fine. but yeah, it'll be a good discussion. And also some of it is not that cuz sometimes it's like a squirrel. Right. Yeah, it's so, true. So <laughs> I don't really know why people do this. I'll find out. Okay. I'll find out why they do it. Man, that was a long intro, wasn't it? We just listened again, and yeah. uh, I apologize. I no. really rambled on. It was great. We had to learn about the ping pong and the fishes, and then I had to express my concerns about hunting. So, you know, it's on both of us. But um, it, it was interesting listening to it back because I really did. I remember when I – you can kind of hear it in the intro. When I'm thinking of taxidermy, I really wasn't was almost mainly thinking of – hunting and thinking of of mounts on the wall of heads of animal and that me too weirds me out and i don't like the idea of it just you know it doesn't sit well with me um and then when i did my research i realized that that's really not what i studied at all because that i mean it is technically taxidermy and i learned that that's called a trophy like when you when you have a mount on the wall okay um But that's not where my research took me because that's very different than what taxidermy is. I am so surprised. I've I have no idea where you're going to go with this. Well, because um, there's a point to taxidermy when it's and when I'm talking about taxidermy, I'm talking about specimens. And a specimen, as opposed to a trophy, is when you have the full body of the animal and it's a replica and it's usually. Um, positioned in a way that it looks like it's alive you know it looks like it's alive it's like a a bird that is perched on a tree or it's a or it's something as large as a crocodile that it just looks like it's alive that's the point of it so that's really as opposed to what i mean all taxidermy unless it's like the head of something that got cut off from the body all taxidermy that I've yeah. seen looks alive, exactly. right? Yes, um, but I mean, it will often even be like positioned in such a way of it looks like it's in the middle of something that yeah. that animal would do when it's alive, kind of. Okay. Versus a trophy on the wall, which is just the head of the animal. Right. So, um, so I get I'll, the distinction now. I, I I know what you're talking about, like something that you might see in a museum or something. Yes, like that. exactly. Yeah. So. So I'll get into it as I get into it as to, I guess, why my research took me in that direction as opposed to another direction. But let's start at the beginning. So taxidermy, the word, comes from Greek. Uh, Taxis means arrangement or art. And derma means skin, mm-hmm. which is okay. gross, so it's a skin arrangement. I didn't arrangement. really think about that, but that does make sense. Pretty nasty. Um, the That term was first used in 1803 in Paris. So that's obvious. Well, in the grand scheme of things, what I'm about to tell you, that's pretty late. Uh, but So you'll see why. So let's start at the beginning, as we like to do. The first known taxidermist. Guess who they were? Who might you guess? Uh, I would guess... I'm just going to guess someone old. Uh, <laughs> Greek people. Uh, nope, but yes, Wonderful. someone old. Um, uh, who was it? The ancient Egyptians. So, Oh, yeah. They weren't uh, doing taxidermy the way we think of today. Are you talking like a mummy? Yeah, they were basically mummifying. They were preserving animals. So pharaohs, dogs, cats, monkeys, birds. Uh, I saw in several places that the ancient Egyptians successfully, however you want to say, taxidermied, mummified um, a hippopotamus, Whoa. which is pretty insane. Is that does that exist somewhere? I guess it does because I saw it like several places referenced it. So they must have come across it in a tomb at some point. That's crazy. I want to see a picture of that. Yeah, I I didn't see a picture of it, so I don't know. And speaking of pictures of it, um, so what the ancient Egyptians did, their purposes were were the same as they were with mummifying people. They It was like this idea of preserving them for the afterlife. So that's what they were doing with the animals. They were preserving them to go with the pharaoh into the afterlife. 
Um, so they, ugh, this is so gross, but like they didn't take their skin off or anything. They just injected them with um, spices and oils and things that would embalm them. What? This is so strange. This is like when you get like one of those turkey injectors and you yeah <laughs> pump some like olive oil and thyme inside well, of it it's That's kind of so the weird. same as they did with people mummifying that it was just like to preserve them so the point is they didn't look that great like if you come across some some mummified pets uh-huh. in a tomb today they don't look that great because that wasn't the point the point wasn't to make them preserve them so they looked amazing the point was so they could go on to the afterlife so, um, so that's the origination, as I saw, of what we would say is like the first instances of the closest thing to taxidermy. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Mummification seems very similar. I mean, like more yeah. or less the same thing. Like yeah. you said, you're just trying to preserve something. And... It's similar. Yeah. So that was as early as 2200 BC. But they were always burying these things, right? Like they wouldn't, they yeah, weren't they... mummifying anything like, or uh, uh, taxidermying, mm-hmm. anything to like keep around like no, people do today. That's right? the these point. Were all they being weren't. Buried. That's why they, they don't necessarily look so good yeah. because who cares what they looked like? Um, so that was way back then. Uh, then I saw that in the, on the west coast of Africa, as far back as um, 5th century BC, uh, there were some preserved gorilla skins that we found. Ooh. I know, right? Pretty intense. I wonder if they were um, like used for clothing, like a coat or something? I don't know, because that's the other thing that I saw is you could say um, in Greece and Ro- ancient Rome and ancient Britain... Um, they practice an early form of taxidermy because they used animal skins for clothing, just like Native Americans did, um, as I think probably a lot of us who studied American say, history it, know. Well, probably all, like most people, yeah. ancient people, were using animal skins, Yeah, right? probably. Can, mm-hmm. like, picture someone not doing it. I guess it. maybe... Um, What's the alternative? Making your own fabric? Right. Like, that seems unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess um, some Native American tribes, they actually still do it today. Um, they continue preserving skins of, you know, different American animals like foxes, raccoons, bears, buffalo, etc. Um, for traditional and cultural purposes. So perhaps beyond just, um, you know, utilitarian clothing. Purposes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um Okay, yeah, this is so weird. This is going a whole different direction than I had anticipated. Yeah. This, it's interesting, though. It's, um, yeah, I, I, w- I definitely didn't, like, think of it in terms of uh, these sort of tangentially mm-hmm. related, like, arms of taxidermy. Like, well, yeah. I, simply, like, I don't know, making things out of leather, like this we're talking is, about, yeah. you know? It's like, well, you are preserving animal skin. Like, is that not taxidermy? You know? This it's is definitely very early on. I just, you know, when you research the history of taxidermy this is what comes up and i wanted to you know do a good job and and recognize these cultures that have been doing this for a long time because it's easy to say taxidermy started in europe 400 years ago you know and like on the one hand with like trophies kind of but with also with specimens but um so in a certain way yes it did but in another way, it's just good to recognize, like, all of these different cultures have been doing these similar things for a really long time. Um, so, so like we said, all of this is similar to taxidermy, but it's really not quite, it's not what we're talking about right now. It's not what we think of when we think of taxidermy right, today. yeah. So, what we think of when we think of taxidermy today started about 400 years ago <laughs> in Europe. Um, this is, like the worst story i hated this story um so so you did have a terrible time researching i did i had a little bit of a terrible time so it started in the netherlands with birds so apparently some wealthy dutch trader dude bought he was in the east Indies. you know he got himself to the east indies so you know he's some rich guy he got out early on the tulips yeah, he got out early on the tulips, yeah. went to the East Indies, um, and he bought a bunch of, to him, exotic birds there. Like birds that you wouldn't find in the Netherlands. 
And then I, it's unclear if it was like on the way back or just in general, he neglected the birds and they died of suffocation. So he has all these beautiful birds and now they're all dead and he's back in, this was the horrible part. So uh-huh. feel okay. horrible about oh, it. I feel, I'm what crushed. a terrible man! Why would you do this horrible thing and let these birds die? Wait, was he? Sorry, were they on a boat right now? When yeah, you said, like on the way back. That's what I mean. I'm not sure exactly when the birds unfortunately passed, but at well, some point they did. I mean, he probably had him in like a box or something, right? Yeah, so they he wouldn't probably fly just away. had him in a box. Yeah. And then maybe he was such too a dumb dummy. to realize that they needed air holes. Yes, I think so. So when he got back and he has now a box of dead birds, he's like, oh, but I liked these birds. I still want to keep them. And so he hired someone, you know, back home um, to preserve them. So this person skinned the birds. So did that person exist already? Like, how does that... I get... I don't know. Who do you think of when you're like, I... I mean, maybe it's someone right now. who. I want this guy to preserve these dead birds. Maybe he had um, experience in this earlier forms of taxidermy, like we're talking about. I'm not positive, but this person knew. I mean, I don't even know if he knew how or he came up with. Yeah. He skinned the birds. He preserved their skins with spices from the East Indies that this guy brought back. What is this with spices? It sounds like it's, a, it's such a weird way of putting it. Spices? Like literal spices? Yeah, I think so. Like the same spices that you would cook with? That just works yeah. to preserve yeah, I skin? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so strange, right? I guess. It doesn't feel that strange to me. It's kind of, to me it sounds like curing. You know when you like preserve meat and stuff and okay. you can like cure, you just put a bunch of salt on it and then it's preserved. I can get on board with that. Thank you. Um, and then he basically just like created a wire structure and then stuffed it with cotton, put the skins back oh, on them, and put the birds in little lifelike positions and arranged them and said, here you go, your birds are back. And luckily you can't kill them now because unfortunately they're already dead. <laughs> uh, so that was like the first instance of taxidermying. So Interesting. And what year was that, like the 1600s? Um, I just said wrote it was like 400, 400 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's about right, 1600s. So, um, there, I mean, there are some examples of taxidermy from earlier than that. Like in the 1500s, um, in Italy, there's a, the Museum of Vertebrates in Florence, Italy has a, the, I don't know what Italy is up to because they have a rhinoceros oh, <laughs> that's wow. been taxidermied. And then also there's a cathedral in Italy that has a crocodile, a taxidermied crocodile hanging from the ceiling. And um, I read that several... Just as the Lord wanted. Yeah, right. I read that set, and this kind of makes sense of the rhinoceros too, several of the oldest surviving mounts, which is a general term that applies to specimens and trophies, Uh um, are crocodiles because their skin is so thick that it makes them durable, so they last. Yeah, that's so weird. And like um, these but crocodiles, they ha- they're not even kept that, under yeah, glass. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, yeah, they're what's going to damage their to skin? Them yeah. But that's kind of crazy. It is Like very this animal crazy. died like 600 years ago, and it Wait, looks really? great. Oh, yes. I, didn't, I missed that part. Yeah, it's from the 1500s. That's, cr- that's really and cool. And they just look great. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, so the Renaissance, apparently, and then the scientific revolution of that time uh, was was the real, like, kickoff of taxidermy. That's when, of the taxidermy as we know it today. Um, people... Oh, of, like, people having it in their house. Like, that, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, or just... Well, so people became interested in displaying them um in museums really i i'm sure in houses as well but i saw that it really like took off in museums and the way you know, I was... it's just been too long since i've been to a museum i forget about all their taxidermy. i know. i forgot <laughs> about it too but on it but like think about it the natural the um natural history museum yeah they just have all these dioramas with 
taxidermied animals yeah. in here. You don't even think about it. Same with the museum in Pittsburgh. I know. Right? Now I'm like thinking through all of it, and it's like, yeah, there's so much. Yeah. Or I shouldn't say so much, but like I'm definitely thinking of several things they have there. Totally. But so, and it's interesting because when I'm reading this, I was thinking, oh, this is this is like early zoos. You know, they probably didn't have, because the people would go to see what the animals looked like. They never saw what they ever looked like. And so they would go to see what they look like and they'd be in a little diorama. It looks like they're drinking water or whatever it is it looks yeah, like they're like doing. Yeah, like a little fake habitat or Yeah, something. and it feels like you see that animal in its element. Um, so they 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 had no other way to see animals in action up close even think about it they didn't have photos of animals Mm -hmm. they didn't have anything certainly didn't have youtubes of them (laughs) so um by the late 1700s the british museum our good friends the british museum had acquired and created the world's largest collection of preserved animals animal skins and skeletons and in 1851 Uh, The Great Exhibition at the British Museum brought taxidermists from around the world. They brought their displays, and it was the first big taxidermy show ever. That's really cool. Yeah. um, Yeah, it is cool. It's cool for a couple of... I mean, so far, I wasn't that disturbed by this. At some point, I did try and look it up and be like, how did these animals die? Oh, who cares? Um, no, I care, but it seems like it's 200 years a, ago? Who cares? I do care. It was. <laughs> it seemed like it was a combination of... They probably murdered all of them. No, I don't think they did murder all of them. <laughs> I mean, be, I, where else are you going to get a rhino? You might just... It might pass of natural causes. Anyway, let's move on. I guess, but then you're there dissecting a diseased rhino. That doesn't seem too safe. Anyway, so um, this is interesting. So we were in Britain in 1851. Uh Now, the the real explosion of taxidermy, so that kind of was a real explosion, but for some reason people really attribute the explosion to um, Rochester, New York, 10 years later in 1861, uh, to Henry Augustus Ward's Natural Science Establishment. Uh, modern taxidermists, they just give credit to this for making taxidermy, um, elevating it kind of, you know, like making it equal to other art forms and really beginning the, the museum Is it exhibition. considered an art form? Like yeah. the people who do it, that's they think of it as an art? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is, it is like I can totally see that. It. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Yeah. So, um, and many modern museums have display collections built around some of the early specimens from that time, from 1861, the Wards. Um, what did I call it? Establishment, natural science establishment. Mm-hmm. So. And actually, in 1880, the Society of American Taxidermists was founded at Ward's establishment. Uh, so that was very. So that's really the the home it. of it in yeah. stateside. Yeah, and it seems like well, definitely stateside, definitely stateside. So in the late 19th century, uh, taxidermy was so prevalent that. I read that a taxidermist could be found in nearly every town. It just became like a job, like you need a cobbler and I a don't tailor think you could say the same for today. <laughs> no, definitely not. You couldn't say the same for I, today. I wonder if there's a taxidermist in Los Angeles. Well, spoiler alert to the end, I bet there are several. Um, but I mean, I'll talk okay, about that later. One who doesn't is not employed by like a very fancy museum. Yeah. I'll talk about it later. Okay. So I can tell you got something cooking. Yeah, this is interesting. You know who was a taxidermist? Uh no I do not. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, don't guess. Um Charles Darwin. It kinda makes sense, but Darwin yeah. was a taxidermist and that's part of why he got to go on a on the like trip he went on uh to the Galapagos because he was a taxidermist so they were like okay that's a good a good um 
skill. You know, we need you. So yes, you can go. So I thought that was cool. Wow. So was he doing that there, like on the road? Um, I don't know. I don't know if he. Uh, it seems difficult to be doing like on the road. I know, but also like on the flip side, it seems maybe not feasible to like, I don't know, kill an animal and then wait three weeks to get it to exodermy. So like you probably got to do something with it pretty immediately even if it's not a finished product like you probably got to do x y and z to like yeah let it hold over for a while yeah i'm not sure so the first known taxidermy competition occurred (laughs) in the united states in 1880 um taxidermist william hornaday won the top prize for his diorama which featured two male orangutans fighting over a female very cool and the scene was prized for its scientific accuracy and it kind of like raised the bar for other taxidermists at the time to create um accurate representations so that i feel like that image is a good idea of what the point of taxidermy was it wasn't just like look at this animal i killed which is what i was thinking in the beginning it's like showing not only is it showing this is what an orangutan looks like and you people probably all don't know what it looks like because you've never seen one but also like it's as much of in action showing what it does in real life as you can get at that point yeah that's really cool i mean like you said where else are you going to learn that back then yeah definitely so um so this is like taxidermy's heyday is what we're talking about now uh after world war one which really like shut down everything wasn't there something roller coasters also had a big decline in world war one everyone had to put the pause on everything oh, i don't remember I, yeah i think so so recently um, but i don't remember so taxidermy started to decline the popularity of it started to decline for several reasons um mainly because of new technologies um this is you know obviously this is a little bit earlier but uh photography was a big reason Mm. for the decline of taxidermy which was in the early 1900s that's crazy and um in i mean color photography i guess was in the early 1900s but yeah photography was for sure before then but right. but, but like no idea... it's still getting i mean back then was yeah. still getting more and more like just available and we've all seen like photos of people getting their photo taken back in the day where it's like this big thing on a stand and the guy has yeah. a cape over him like the idea that you can just wander into the jungle in africa and snap some pics of some orangutans like that's not even if photos exist that's still not super available for a while right but so once um once that's available especially colored photos uh now it's like you can look at a photo of things yeah why waste your time like acquiring three orangutan yeah bodies even one thing i know stuffing I, them and yeah, yeah like i read that um birders so people who like love birds uh-huh. and um and professional ornithologists have what's uh, an ornithologist i've heard that bird word. that's a bird watcher studier oh okay i don't know you know bird scientists yeah um they uh they now have reference texts with photos of all these birds you know just stuff like that where it's like okay we don't need a stuffed bird anymore yeah, if you can have a little pocket guide that has all these photos, totally. it's like, well, I don't need to go to the bird museum and yeah. take notes on what everything looks like. Right. Um, and then also, in addition... Although that sounds thrilling. <laughs> in addition, uh, so we were talking about how all these museums have all these taxidermy dioramas. Um, by the 1940s, they kind of had filled up. You know, for a while it was like this new idea and it was and we needed to fill it so we needed a whole bunch of taxidermists to make us animals so we can fill our dioramas and then at a certain point you're like okay our dioramas are filled we don't need you to make us anymore yeah you're probably not going to rotate them that often yeah and kind of the point of taxidermy is that it lasts for a really long time right so it's kind of funny to think of that way but it but you know they ran out of the need the uh demand dried up yeah and then um, also uh, in the mid-1900s, 
uh, big game hunting became less socially acceptable, uh, you know, all kinds of things, like ivory became illegal, the, a lot of fur became illegal, um, and their wildlife conservation, you know, lots of things that played into, oh, let, we're not going to just go kill animals and stuff them anymore. So, which is a good thing. Yeah, you said that was, like, the mid-1900s? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, the 1940s. Yeah. Um, so, that's basically the history of taxidermy up until today. I will talk about today in a minute, but first, let's briefly address how it works. Please, I really want to know. It's, it's going to be brief, because that's all I got. So, basically, how it works is, uh, number one... You remove the skin from the animal. This is so gross. I hate saying this. Um, Can but you, you talk us through the that hide. in detail? No, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, and you preserve it, as we said, with spices, oils, probably Mrs. Heat. Dash, Lowry's. Oh enough, yeah. enough. Uh, so you preserve the, the skin and the hide. Um, oh, this is so gross. You remove the, the rest of the animal's body from its skeleton... And then that's some... a weird way of saying that. What do you mean? You remove the rest of its body from its skeleton, like its muscles and flesh and everything that's left. Okay, like cool. you. So, like you, you just want the skeleton. Yeah. Okay. Because the rest of it is not is not going to preserve super well. So wait, there's uh, all like there's bones inside all these taxidermies. They there used to be. Okay. Um. Nowadays, it seems like they don't keep the skeleton they replace it with styrofoam metal rods wire frames etc like that okay um but i but back in the day it was probably the best out you know you're like i have this thing this is great i'll just build on this thing i guess so like would you just screw the bones together or probably you... i don't i mean i don't know exactly obviously you need to stick them together somehow yeah because but... i don't know how like cartilage works but i would think after you're dead that's probably just gonna like dry out and not keep bones connected anymore do you agree i don't want to talk about that (laughs) um so then once you've done that you um they keep saying stuff i don't know like what comes first but somehow you you know you're gonna put the skin back around the skeleton the whole thing is going to be stuffed with cotton sawdust paper things like that did you ever see if anybody ever stuffed one with like cheese no stop it and then you stitch it back up and you use glass eyes and that's pretty much it uh back in the day when they were first doing this uh there were some pretty bad specimens and i thought this was really interesting so some taxidermists were tasked with taxidermying animals that they never saw alive so they didn't really know what they looked like and when they would restuff them as you can imagine (laughs) they were just like wonky yeah (laughs) and and literally people for a while in history there were certain animals apparently the dodo bird is one of them that we as probably westerners just thought it looked different than it did because of how people taxidermists built it back up that's and hilarious. it was just wrong where was the dodo bird from is that from like australia I or think new zealand so. yes i think it's from there um as we all kind of know they're extinct now but um but yeah people would see it and they'd assume that's what that thing looks like and the person who made it just stuffed it and was like i guess this is right and that was that yeah it's weird because you would think um like well the skin is there you just kind of stitch it up yeah, leave a little but... hole and then like you right. know, blow that sucker up and see <laughs> yeah. what shape it takes but, but no yeah i guess if you really don't know there are for sure ways that you could go wrong yeah really want get the proportions it, a little off for sure um and so as time went on people got way better at this taxidermists started working with anthropologists and other experts they would actually take the time to watch the live animal at zoos so they really understood what the animal looks like before they would taxidermy it um this is interesting so one of the earliest preservatives used wait hold on Hmm. okay never mind go on because i think you're about to answer the question that just popped into my head maybe maybe um one of the earliest preservatives used so when they first started taxidermying things they would do it and it would be all great and then ugh, this is so gross again (laughs) 
one of the issues was bugs. Bugs would come and like, destroy the thing. What would they do? I mean, like, what live in the fur? Or like, would they do? like eat this? Probably the both skin? and everything. Ugh. Bugs are the worst. Don't put it past bugs to ruin everything. A picnic, a taxidermy, anything. <laughs> um, so everyone was like, oh, this is impossible. Like, the bugs are just going to do this. Bugs are everywhere. And then an avid bird skin collector, which he sounds like a real prize. Ye, um, <laughs> that sounds like a prisoner. <laughs> he he um, developed, I don't really know. I haven't tried to say this out loud. Arsenical. <laughs> arsenical. Basically, soap made of arsenic so arsenic oh, soap, soap that you wash these things with yeah um and so it was like a combination of soap so it kills and all the bugs and the person who does this job yeah exactly okay. yes so um and he kept the recipe a secret and then he died and all these other taxidermists were like why does his stuff stay so good for so long and they like reverse engineer you know like tested it and reverse engineered it and then everyone got onto it and everyone was using this arsenic based soap for the whole heyday of taxidermy and yeah i'm sure it was like very bad for everyone so i um, guess you could just buy arsenic yeah back then? Uh, yeah probably you, maybe you still can i don't know it's probably controlled substance <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. but um but yeah you could just you could just buy it. I think back then it, you could just buy it, and it was like rat poison. You know, it was just like here's a bottle of rat poison. It's arsenic. It's up to you to make sure that you don't use this, misuse this. Kind wow, of they thing. really uh, trusted people back then. Yes, they did. So, so that, so that's what was going on then. Now people typically use borax which mm-hmm. is um, not so poisonous. And that keeps the bugs off? Yeah, mm-hmm. it helps preserve it, keeps the bugs away. Wait, do they? what do they do? Like dust the fur with it? Like how does that come into play? Um, I, I don't know exactly. I feel like um, it probably goes into the preservation process as well. Okay, that was the question I was going to ask. Hmm. Um, I know you kind of like just rushed through the whole stuffing process but uh what how do they preserve um the thing like their like i guess like their mouth you know like gums and tongue and stuff like I that bet that stuff is fake okay so you think like when there's a, a yeah. lion with its mouth open like that's all just probably. nowadays probably at least like that's all just plastic so. or something um i don't know for sure i didn't look it up obviously i i did see that they they're not like preserving anyone's eyes they're using glass eyes so i bet things you know certain things like that are probably synthetic so then other than that it's just removing the skin and drying that out yeah and then it's like not going anywhere right because it's just yeah and then once it's dry it's dry yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah so i thought there was gonna be a like a lot more of a chemical process going on here i guess i didn't really think of it logically which is like yeah they skin the animal and then they like get rid of everything else then they just wrap the skin around something like i was picturing them being like injected with all this stuff to like just solidify oh no no but like i knew it wasn't just a solid body there's no way if you asked me that at the beginning i would have said like oh yeah if you cut them open everything's in there like (laughs) i knew that wasn't the case but i definitely thought it was going to be a lot more like chemically and really preserving the animal rather than just its outside shell yeah i wouldn't be i'm sure like i obviously am glossing over a lot of the specifics of it but it does sound um surprisingly similar to what they did in the very beginning yeah what it is to just like um preserve the hide of an animal like native americans did and still do interesting right it is it's making me think Good. So I want to get some taxidermy in here. Live in the place up a little bit. <laughs> oh. Dead in the place, no, actually. Thank you. Um, so taxidermy um, is, you know, as I've said, it's like American folk craft. People love it. Uh, it was. This is basically like fun facts we're into now. Okay. Um, the Boy Scouts of America, it was in their handbook and for a while. You could earn a merit badge for taxidermy. Wow. And in 1954, it was dropped because of, quote, lack of interest. <laughs> so, 
you know, kind of corresponds to what we were saying that people, uh, taxidermy fell out of favor a bit for a while. Well, there. they were probably like 63 years into existence and they were like, you know, no one has claimed one of these yeah, badges. <laughs> they say. We still have the box of badges that say taxidermy <laughs> 1891 on them. Maybe. And, uh, yeah, we should just drop this. So this is, um, this was like one of my favorite things about the research so that guy, William Hornaday, he was the one who I said um, he made the orangutans and won the prize yeah. and everything. So he was the chief taxidermist at the Smithsonian in the 1880s. Um, and he personally was very upset by the um, widespread killing of American bison. So he brought some specimens of bison back to Washington to the Smithsonian and displayed them specifically to draw attention to, you know, how we were killing all the bison. You do mean dead ones, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Taxidermied ones. Okay. And um, and that work and that, you know, action of his contributed to uh, what now is f- the federally protected bison range in Yellowstone, which was apparently instrumental in saving the species. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's so I really thought that cool. was cool. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, like, tied together. That's what I meant when I said, like, the research really took a turn. Like, it went from what I thought was, like, you know, just kind of gross, like, showing off I killed this animal. Yeah. To studying the animal. Learn- I mean, it's still obviously, like, we were arguing about probably involves some killing of animals. Yeah. Which is you know not good but at least there's this positive side which it people learn about the animals um you know even scientists and and other kinds of anthropologists and people can learn about animals people can have exposure to animals that they never would have seen um and even stuff like this where it can raise consciousness to the point of making positive change for animals yeah that's that's how i feel about zoos too i mean i know there's a very small fraction of the population that don't like zoos don't think there should be zoos but i'm like i don't don't know that small i think zoos are controversial i feel like they're getting better where where a lot of times when you see animals in zoos it's like this animal was injured or something and they can't really be out on their own yeah yeah i I mean that makes sense if like Mm -hmm. you know those are the ones that i guess if you have a choice you should take and keep in a zoo but I, I don't know. I've always just thought, like, there's no way they're doing – they've they ha, I, I don't know how to say it other than they have to be doing more harm than good for the overall species of these animals. You in, mean in good of, than harm? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's no way they're doing more harm than good is what I, I should have so. said. That's what I would hope. I, you know, I don't know – I haven't looked into it that much, so I don't feel very qualified to speak on it. And also, but I, I, I think you. times just change too, like – if I met somebody and they told me they worked at a zoo, like, with animals, I, I would – I mean, it's just my perception that I would immediately be like, oh, my God, you love animals. You probably care mm-hmm. about animals more than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I, I guess I feel like I just trust those people to, like, have yeah. the best interest of the animal in mind and, like, be, be more conscious of, like – Pre- like preserving a species and like mm-hmm. treating this animal like well way more so than i ever am you know yeah i i hope so and i think so you know me i just get weird about talking about things i haven't looked into so yeah. i don't know enough to really speak on it but i but i hope that you know i think that some good comes out of it and i hope that that's the majority of what's going on me too so this is the last bit talking about um modern taxidermy so taxidermy is um it's like in now how so like people i'm trying to think of what it's almost to me it's almost like um people you know how people kind of are like getting into old timey stuff even like baking bread or something or like uh-huh, okay stuff like that taxidermy is one of these things like, like it's they're, trendy yes right it's trendy to there's like, like buy old taxidermy or? no 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 to make it to become really? a taxidermist yes because people because you know there's like article there's like long articles from i forget exactly what it was from but i want to say like the atlantic or the new yorker or something like that about these like millennials who are be doing taxidermy in like minneapolis and stuff and it's a lot of young women 
getting into taxidermy, um, <laughs> these articles and the women themselves have said, you know, when they're looking for an explanation of why, they're pointing to that it's a, a real hands-on thing. It allows you to disconnect from the internet and screens. It's like, you know, it's very real. It's very, um, it's like therapeutic and like meditative almost to be doing something real with your hands, which is, <laughs> I'm like, okay, there's a lot of other things you yeah, can do. Yeah, no kidding. But, um, but yeah, I think they're just like, uh, they feel like they're getting back in touch with the physical world. They're learning about um, species and things. I think they're probably all just doing it to preserve their dogs. That's my guess. No way. Oh, That's yeah. horrifying. No, no one is doing around. that. What um, uh, For real, though, what animals are they? Uh, what, what animals are they derming up? What are they doing? Um, I, I think... Like, are they, like, taxidermists for hire? Like, they're doing deer and squirrels that people kill? I'm almost picturing them, like, in an early stage where it's, like, (laughs) I'm picturing it as, like, this is not true, but it's what I was picturing when I was reading it, that it's, like, those, um, go to the place and drink wine and paint. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't think so. But, but yeah, that it kind of feels like that vibe. Same energy, you know, of, like, I'm into this thing. Yeah. I'm expressing myself and being creative. Somehow I've gotten my hands on it. I'm sure they have animal. the same energy, but I don't think they are uh, entertaining any bachelorette parties doing this. Maybe not yet. Anyway, so, yeah, that's the modern, that's taxidermy today. Apparently it's coming back. Uh... That's so strange. Um, <laughs> I was watching one of these old documentaries yesterday. Um, it was, I forget the name of it, but it aired on television in the 60s about John F. Kennedy and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, actually, more so Robert Kennedy. Uh, but anyway, in Robert Kennedy's office, he had a taxidermied tiger. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What was it doing? Like on the prowl, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Walking, I guess. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, I guess but maybe he looked. Tigers down. are always on the prowl. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's what it was doing, and it was pretty. Um, I mean, it's awesome looking, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't think I'd want that in my office. Yeah, I don't think I don't I'd want to look I'd at that every day. In my office, no. It's but just I like think... a bit much. It's cool. I yeah. saw it in his office, and it's like, oh, that's sweet. But I truly would not want that. I definitely agree with the office part. Um, I I read something about the idea of taxidermy versus now we have photos. Now we have videos. Um, and this was who is she? She works at um, a museum of natural history, or maybe is he? Um, he was saying that his quote was, you know, even though we have all these digital things. Um, that taxidermy is a time capsule of that location and time. And he said, you could say, why preserve the Mona Lisa? We could digitize that thing and see it better than you ever could by going to the museum. Why waste my time going to Paris to see it? Um, And I think, you know, when we hear that, it it puts it in perspective of like, we all, maybe we can't even verbalize why, but we all know the difference between seeing a photo of the Mona Lisa on your iPad and going to Paris and seeing the Mona Lisa. Yeah, that is an interesting take on it. Yeah, so it's like, you know, there's a point to this, and and especially for kids even going to museums and just experiencing that feeling of, this is a tiger. Yeah. There's a tiger in front of you. It's just different than looking at a picture of a tiger. It definitely is. Yeah, Yeah. I I have no, uh, I have nothing against taxidermy. It, yeah. I'm just not a fan of the taxidermy in your home sort of thing where like, you know, people <laughs> yeah. who are like hunters and they have like yeah, I know. several I, things yeah. they've killed or like that's just, it, it's not even the killing the animal part as much as like even it's simply aesthetically. It's like, ah, I just don't like that. <laughs> Come on. You don't like killing the animal either. Let's, no, no, let's I, say that. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go kill a bunch of animals It's also either. very tacky. But I'm I saying, agree. yeah, just the aesthetic alone is yeah. enough to make me like not be into it but um but i mean if the animal's already dead it's like yeah yeah if that's your thing to preserve it like 
what's the issue yeah not I know. that anyone is raising an issue but it's like yeah if that's your thing cool i think um you know especially if it's it, going in a museum like there's yeah definitely that's great i'm so glad that that exists a lot of it is i which i feel with a lot of things most things in life is it's the intention behind it and if the intention behind it is to raise awareness and to um you know let people who wouldn't otherwise be able to experience what it's like to see this animal and perhaps even then become more conscious of wildlife protection then great that's all really great yeah i mean but also if you're a hunter and you just killed this animal and you want to stuff it and have it in your house like no that's also great great, but like i don't like i don't understand that but good for you um wait you were going to tell me about all these licensed taxidermists in los angeles oh no i was just telling you that all these like young chicks are getting into taxidermy oh, so i'm yeah. sure there's a bunch Minnesota. of them in la i doubt it no i bet there's some come on can't you picture like it's some random place in like highland park or something and it's like come learn how to taxidermy and you can but go like, and learn legit, how to taxidermy where are you going lady. to get an animal i don't know they must get them somewhere i don't know <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you could go to Whole Foods and buy a Branzino. It's not like they have, like, a tiger. It's probably, like, a little bird or something. I don't know. I guess, yeah. You can kill those pretty inconspicuously. And I think even, honestly, I think <laughs> some of them <laughs> can kidding. be... I think it can be um, even uh, bugs, like dead, like big beetles or things like that. Yeah, I know. Gross. But you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Well, they could probably do rats. Ugh. All right, this is getting gross again. Let's go. You're right. Okay. Do you want to uh, eat dinner? Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 30 Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today. And send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you're a real-life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at 30minuteexpertpodcast, that's 30minuteexpertpodcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.